This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. Okay, gather around, gather around the radio. This is a bonus episode of the Fat Patch Podcast brought to you by Collectible Card Club, Monster Break, and Sparty Hot Cash. Sup, dude. Sup, dude. How you doing? Dude, man, this is, this is definitely a special podcast because you got me all thrown off on your uh, your timing over there. I did. I broke it up a little bit. It's a bonus podcast, so I had to break it up just a little bit. Word but here we go. So, uh... It's the end. It's the last day of March. It is. All March long, we have been celebrating National Women's Month. We have. And today is the final interview of said month. All right. Uh, we just have the loan interview for you this time. Yes, that's it. But it's a great one. It's it's Miss Lisa Goldberg, the VP of Marketing. I'm sorry, the VP of Licensing at the NBA. Uh, much like Stephanie Carlson, she's been involved in the hobby for 28 years. Yes. And uh, this lady is pure New York. I don't know how else to explain that. She is pure New York. What a pleasure it was to speak with her. Um, she has a lot of a lot of different knowledge, a lot of knowledge, you know, about wealth lo- of knowledge about marketing in the NBA and um, she's seen a lot. And licensing in the NBA. She's seen yeah. a whole lot. So, uh, this was a great it was a great sit-down interview uh, over the phone. Had to get one for Sparty Hawk in here. But uh, before we get to the interview, uh, we missed something on the regular show yesterday that we wanted to talk about. Uh, I know it was opening day. I know it was uh, a lot of stuff going on. We were all baseballed up. We were all baseballed up. And in the midst of that, Monster Breaks just been breaking national treasures like crazy. Yeah, they're on like close to 30 cases now. Holy moly. And then they had just a real nice piece come out of there. So, Paul, this is all you, bud. Do they... Um so, you know, the Pat Mahomes RPAs have been going for, you know, 1500 to $2,000. Okay. And not only did they pull the RPA, they pulled the one-of-one one Pat Mahomes RPA. And I think it was within an hour or two hours that thing sold for $15,000. That is a whole bunch of money. It is a whole bunch of money. And that's, I think, Curtis's second, like, $15,000 card in probably a 365-day period. Is um, <laughs> that's pretty decent. Is that are, are we buying the hype on Pat Mahomes? Or is that how can you not? Okay, I you mean, know, I mean, you're the football guy. So. He was he was he was drafted to take over Alex Smith. Okay, Alex Smith started out like gangbusters and then went Alex Smith pedestrian on us. And um, your new quarterback, by the way, yeah, my new Redskin <laughs> quarterback. As the whole organization is pedestrian there, but that's a whole other story. But we're talking about Pat Mahomes. 
yeah, man, I think he's, I think he's going to be the real deal. I think you're going to see, you know, obviously he's going to have some growing pains um, in the beginning, but you know, it's exciting right now when you have quarterbacks like Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Uh, I think Pat Mahomes is going to fall right into that category and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about him. So um, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, we shall see. So we'll see if, um, we'll see what, we're, you know, we'll talk, we'll revisit this six months from now six or so. Six months from now. And, uh, I'm trying to get a picture of my dub mentality shirt. Oh, there you go. And uh, we'll see. Where, out there? Yeah, we'll see where his, uh, the value's at and uh, whatnot then. Okay. As, he, as Paul's helping me out, this is great radio, by the way. This is great radio <laughs> since I tried to turn it around and now I'm on a video. Uh-oh. So I don't know what happened. Uh-oh. Oh, this is, uh, you know what this was? What was that? I took a video last night of Ichiro's first, first at back. Ah. As a mariner in a very long time, so very long time. Um, uh oh, what happened? I don't know. Anyway, so go. You check didn't take the photo. I did not. No, because okay. it didn't. Turn so around. you got the white button. Yeah, I got you. There you go. This is great. I know you guys are loving this. Let me get that straight for you, Dub. That's the problem. See, what's the problem? The problem is it wants to take a picture of me. Oh, that's what I was. That's what I was saying. I got to turn it around. You got to turn the bit. So you got this whole Samsung thing, not an yeah, Apple I family. Do. I'm What's sorry. With you. My bad. There you go. All My right. Bad. So we got the bald head there. and the cassette. I also shaved the beard. You did shave the beard a little bit. Yeah, you got that all shaved up, there trimmed go. up. Good deal. I don't look like a... Anyway, guys, go check out Monster Breaks. They are pulling some fire. Seen tons of one-of-ones come out of there. One-of-one uh, Jim Kelly, one-of-one John Elway. Um, they're just killing it, man. So if you need some National Treasures football or any... Any products, really, Any product, but that, yeah. they're, they're still killing that stuff. So. Collectible Card Club, too. Uh, I want to give them some love here because they have had some nice stuff come out of their of their boxes lately. Uh, when we were in Arizona, we opened up a box with uh, the KNC Masterpiece that didn't get mentioned because uh, some people might have been... Uh, yeah, that wasn't too good for uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, a treatment. Let's just let's just put it this way: they're sponsored by New Vodka. Yes, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So a Trey Mancini autograph came out of that out of that box. So uh, that was awesome. But they've they've been having a lot of uh, success with Barry Sanders rookie mm-hmm. cards, Troy Aitman rookie cards uh, out of that eighty nine score, and they just bought a case of eighty five tops baseball. Oh, very so nice. So that's going to be going. Very nice. That's some big guys in though, right? Yeah, I mean, McGuire, McGuire Clemens, Clemens, Puckett. Yeah. Um, you know, as we found out the other day, Corey Schneider was Corey pretty Schneider popular was probably back popular, then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all. That's been go go show them some love, man. That's all I can say. And then uh, Sparty Hawk re-upped for another sponsorship. So yep. awesome. He's gonna be around for a while. Yes. He he didn't get annoyed with the caca. Yeah, he didn't get annoyed with the caca. All right, Lisa Goldberg. Guys, I'm not even going to say anything more. I'm just going to say listen to this interview. She was great. We're ending National Women's Month with a bang, and I'm hap- so happy we were able to celebrate this and end it with Lisa. So uh, you guys hang tight, and we'll be right back with Lisa Goldberg of the NBA. This is Sean Aronson, the play-by-play voice of the St. Paul Saints, your new favorite minor league baseball team, and you're tuned in to the Fat Packs Podcast. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. And joining us on the phone now, we're very excited for this. This is going to wrap up our uh, National Women's Month uh, celebration. We've been doing, we've been uh, interviewing ladies in sports and uh, uh, and the hobby. And I tell you what, we're going to end on the biggest. On a, with a bang. Uh, with, a, with the biggest bang we can. Uh, this is Ms. Lisa Goldberg from the NBA. She is the vice president of licensing. Did I get that right, Ms. Goldberg? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Great. Can you can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been with the NBA? 
Sure. Uh, my name is Lisa Goldberg. Um, I've been with the NBA for 28 years. I actually uh, started at the NBA right out of college. It was actually my first job. Um, I've always been in our merchandising department. I started on the sales and marketing side um, where I would work with the retailers and talk to them about the product assortments and plan uh, retail promotions. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I actually moved over to the business side of, the, of which, which was licensing, and I actually managed our apparel business, which was uh, dealing with the activewear category, um, our jerseys, fan apparel, headwear, all, all that fun fan stuff. And then after working several years on that side of the business, um, I moved over to manage the trading card business, um, which also includes memorabilia and collectibles, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Man, that's fantastic. That's a that's quite a journey. That's quite a journey. Uh, she's she's uh, the the lady to get it done, uh, if you will, for licensing in the NBA. This is who you got to go to. So exactly. <laughs> um, well, this is kind of cool since we are you know we're Beckett, we're Collectibles podcast. We love talking about trading cards. So let's talk about trading cards for a minute with you. Um, like back in the '90s, I mean things were pretty they were pretty simple back then. So can you share with us um, what it's like working with all the different manufacturers back then, and what it is like now, only having a single manufacturer? Yeah, sure. Well, back then, yes, no, in the 90s, it was a little simpler, and it was definitely the heyday, I would say, of trading cards. Uh, we had three partners back then, as I'm sure you guys um, remember. And, you know, that, that, definitely had, that, that definitely had some challenges because you were dealing with, you know, three different brands who had different opinions as to how they wanted to market their own brands. And obviously, we as the league, you know, were always trying to find that balance because we had the way that we wanted to manage and, and, and promote the category. So it was definitely, you know, just trying to work with the three different, you know, personalities of the three different companies and trying to get them to hopefully see, you know, one unique our uh, united vision, if you will, because, you know, they all kind of had their own agendas of what they wanted to do for their products, and we obviously wanted one for, for ours. So, uh, but, you know, I think we worked through it. I had really good relationships with all three of them, developed very good um, rapport, and, and, you know, we, we, we got it done, and we did the best that we could to try to promote the category and, and keep it going. Um, and then now kind of switching to where we are today, which is just one partner, that also had its own set of challenges, I would say, because, you know, Panini came in as a brand new partner for the NBA, um, so they were new to us. Uh, they were new to the U.S. market as well. Um, so we definitely had a couple of growing pains in the beginning, but it has certainly grown into what is now a very successful partnership. Um, we have an excellent relationship with them. They're great to work with. And, um, you know, we certainly have sometimes our bumps in the road where, you know, they might want to do one thing, we want to do another, but we always manage to work through it, um, everything for the betterment of the category. It's... Uh you know, Panini does have the singular license, as we mentioned, and you alluded to as well. They, they're, they're, the quality product that they're making is just outstanding, especially the last two, three seasons. And, uh, you know, the NBA and yourself are playing a big role in that. Since we're talking about trading cards, you, you must have seen so many different products. Do you have a product that stands out to you over your time uh, in this position or maybe, maybe a product that you really liked? You know, it's funny. I don't have a like a specific product, but what what I do have, and it's sort of evolved over time. But the fact that in the basketball category, the high end products that 
are continually produced and still continue to sell extremely well to me was just sort of like a transformative thing during my tenure of working in trading cards. I'm sure when you remember when Upper Deck first came out with Exquisite, we were all like back at the league, you know, you guys are crazy. You're never going to be able to sell anything <laughs> like that. It's too high end. But then, you know, that obviously sold extremely well. And since then, you know, we've got National Treasures, which is probably, I would say, if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be National Treasures. And then all of a sudden, you know, now, as you know, we have Flawless. I mean, it just, it never ceases to amaze me that the hot more and i think it is relatively unique to the basketball card market that the high-end products just continue to sell well you know uh panini continues to be innovative and come up with new ones and i just it, it always amazes me that those brands just continue and they get bigger and better and, and sometimes more expensive yet they still there's still a demand for them and that that collector market still still wants it yeah. yeah, it is kind of amazing. Even with that, that recent Kobe product that came out. Yeah. The name's yeah. escaping me right now, but it was like... It was Kobe Eminence, right? Eminence, yeah. yeah. It was like 13... Eminence, yeah, it was Eminence. Yeah, it was like yeah. $13,000 or $15,000 for... For, for a box of for cards. For a box of cards. That's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you don't you necessarily have, you, know, you talk about National Treasures being afraid. Do you actually collect anything as far as either cards or memorabilia or anything like that from the NBA? Um, I would not, I wouldn't say that I, I couldn't categorize myself as a true collector, but I do, you know, over, over the years, I've certainly acquired, you know, some memorabilia pieces just over my time at the NBA. I have some signed photos from certain actual rookie classes. You know, we have our rookie photo shoot event every year, and I've been fortunate enough to get some, some of those signed. And I also actually do have a, a Michael Jordan signed jersey that we got many, many, many years ago. We did a signing um, with him. So I would say those are kind of my, my coveted pieces, but, uh, but I'm not a hardcore collector. Okay, I mean that makes sense. I think a Michael Jordan piece is better than anything yeah, that I Michael own. But that's yeah, that works out. <laughs> Let's talk about women in the workplace in professional sports. Um, the NBA has pretty much led the charge where that, where that is concerned. Does the NBA have a program that ushers in and affords young ladies opportunities to gain experience in this? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say we have a specific program, but we certainly believe that diversity and inclusion are essential to the future success of our game, and that innovation and growth are a direct result of you know looking at varying perspectives and backgrounds in the workplace. So, you know, we obviously have people of varying different genders, races, experiences, and so forth. I would say our recruiting efforts are always focused on engaging, you know, with a diverse pool of candidates um, as much as possible, both at the team and the league level. Um, we do have one league program um, called the NBA Women's Network, which aims, like, to create a community for the women who are currently at the office. Um, they empower women at the NBA by sharing collective knowledge. We have kind of, you know, some gatherings. We, we all get together. I think we, we try to do it at least you know, quarterly. Uh, we connect through uh, networking opportunities. Um, we certainly try to do, they do, the NBA does their best to provide women with visibility to NBA senior leadership team. Um, and sort of as an extension of the NBA Women's Network, we participate in the Women in Sports and Events. It's a national organization that focuses on professional development and networking for women in the industry. So, you know, the, the, the NBA really does, you know, strive to, 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 to provide for women and all, and all, all, all genders and, and races. That's great. So, what did what is the like the one piece of advice you'd give a young lady right now trying to get her foot in the door of an organization? I mean, my my honestly, my advice would be to be as self confident as you can. Don't be afraid to speak up about things and express your ideas and try and learn and work in different areas of the business. I think I've been able to be fortunate. You know, as I said at the beginning, I've always been in our merchandising group, but I have had various roles within the merchandising group, and that has helped me to expand and grow. So I would just say, you know, to any young person, you know, try to get as many experiences and take advantage of as many opportunities 
that is offered your way, even if it might be a little bit out of your comfort zone, because you never know. It might be something that, you know, helps you to grow, and then you kind of take a turn, and you might want to work on something else. Kind of like, you know, as I said, I started on the sales and marketing side, and when I had the opportunity to move over to the business side, I really enjoyed that um, even more so than what I was doing before. And, you know, had I not been offered that opportunity, and I just kind of stayed the past, and I never would have been able to do what I've done. That's true. I mean, I would imagine at the beginning of your career, you would never thought that you would even know what flawless and national treasures was. I would imagine. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Real set. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's like once moving over from apparel to, you know, to trade to the trading card collectible market. It's just it's a completely different beast. I mean, mm. you know, I didn't really know much about it at all, and you know, it was kind of like those were the trading card people over there. I really had no idea what it is that they did. And then when I moved over there, um, it really just opened up a whole you know, new world of what it's about. And, you know, it's, it's obviously very player driven and um, it's, you know, just people get so excited about it. I hadn't really been exposed to that before. So um, as I said, I, I, I took the opportunity because I thought it was something new and different to see if I liked it. Um, and and I've, I've enjoyed it very much. Can I ask you a question about the, the apparel side of things? How does, how is it different from the trading card side of things uh, on, I guess on a, on the larger aspect, because there's, so many different apparel companies that you guys would have to work with, I, I would assume. And then now with the trading cards, it's just the one license. But it, does, it, does it vary? Is it very different? I mean, it, it, it's, it's not that different. It's just that, you know, honestly, it's the marketplace that is so different. Okay, um, you know, right. obviously, the, the, what drives a lot of the, the trading card category is the hobby shops, which are a lot of small, very often mom and pop shops who may own one or two shops. Whereas on the apparel side, you know, the, the companies are really dealing with more of the big box retailers, department stores. So, you know, you're only really, if, you, if you're talking to a main buyer, you know, just for, you know, at Models for argument's sake, you know, you're, you're sort of talking to them and they're going to they're gonna purchase the, their NBA assortment. They're going to put it in all their stores. Sure. Whereas on the trading card side, you know, you're, you're dealing with different hobby shops and they all have different opinions, as you know. You know, some people <laughs> love certain things and the same people will hate, other people will hate those same things. So, you know, a lot of the success of what's on the market is so diverse because you've got all these hobby shops across the country and certain things sell well in certain markets and certain ones don't. Sure. And the hobby is extremely local, as I know you guys know. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, you, they're going to be out there talking about it all the time, whereas I think on the apparel side, again, it's just dealing more um, with, you know, with bigger retailers and who are, who are purchasing your NBA products and distributing them um, in all their doors, whereas it's just a little more select on the, on the hobby side. So it's just a different nature of the market. Completely understand. Uh, women's equality. Let's talk about women's equality for a minute. Well, actually, just equality and just in general. It's very important. It's a very important social movement. And the WNBA on a whole does a great job of spreading that message. Can you speak to the, to the success of the WNBA, its longevity, and the importance of the role it plays in women's sports? Well, I think the, the WNBA has served as an icon for social change, achievement, um, and diversity. I mean, obviously, we, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a women's league. It obviously empowers women. Um, and just to share, like, a quick stat, for 13 years, the last past 13 years, the WNBA has received an overall grade of A or higher um, on Richard Latchett's racial and gender uh, report card, which is released every year. Um, the, the WNBA has been referred to as one of the most successful women's professional sports leagues in the world. So obviously we're extremely proud of our record and leadership when it comes to women in sports. Um, and we hope that it inspires women athletes and other, you know, and, and other professional sports leagues. And I think it's just a good you know, measure for young girls today. You know, so much of sports is dominated by 
men and to have a women's sports league that, that, that young girls can look up to, I, I think is just great in, in our society today. I, I think so too. It's a, it's, it's a mainstay, right? For the Paul, since I've been around sports, it's, it's been there, you know, right, right. and they do such a good job. Now I'm, I'm a little jaded because I grew up uh, in my sports career in Seattle. So we had the storm and they were always on top of everything, but around the country, the WNBA is spread such a positive message. And now that we're here in Dallas, you know, we got the wings just, just across town and, right. and they have one of the best players in the world on their team. And, you know, it's fun to go over there and watch games, but the message that they spread about equality and what women can do is is such a powerful one that it's it's hard not to get behind. Uh, absolutely, I agree completely. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic um, getting to getting a chance to talk to you. Um, so we're going to wrap this up. We're going to get you out of here because I know you're busy. But um, can you just share one or two moments um, of your career that something that you're just very proud of and something that's helped you know shape you to to who you are today and, and where you are in the in the in the league. Sure. I mean, I was trying. I was trying to think of you know because I was. I heard this. I had this question. I, I would say sort of like two things. Well, one, I had the opportunity to travel with our former commissioner David Stern um, mm-hmm. shortly after he stepped down, and that opportunity just you know kind of it was amazing to me. It was an amazing experience. I got to have some one-on-one time with him to talk about business and his experiences and my experiences at the league. And it really was, it's probably one of the highlights of my career to be able to do that. Um, obviously, he had such a fabulous career um, as NBA commissioner. So that, that opportunity really just completely sticks out in my mind as, as, as amazing. Um, and then I would say the other one would be we had a, uh, a, an oppor- a licensing deal with a company where it was really, really, really very challenging, and we were we were really butting heads with this company and um, you know with the with the head person specifically. And I found a way to turn that around um, by you know really just the experience that I have as a you know in, in a leadership role and sort of not getting crazy about it, like sitting down with them, trying to figure out where where our roadblocks were between the two companies and can we move forward and can we make this work? And I'm happy to say that we did. And so, you know, I have a very good relationship with this company right now. They are still a partner. Um, and I, that's something I'm definitely very proud of is sort of how we, how I, how I handle that and manage that uh, during that time. Wow. That's uh, from point A to point B, you completely turned doing a 180 on it. That's awesome. And congratulations for being able to do that. That's, um, you know, what we all strive for is, you know, connections and sounds like you made a great one there and now you guys are working together so kudos to you ma'am um thank you very much for joining us this was this has been great uh, we 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 knew we wanted to end the month uh with with yourself and we were blessed to be able to do that this has been a great interview and if, there, if you don't have any parting shots we will say thank you again and you are welcome back anytime ma'am well thank you very much it was my pleasure all right thanks all right. have a good day Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris from Slipknot, and you're listening to Fat Pat. All right, Paul, Lisa Goldberg, if you need her. That was fantastic, man. It's been such a such a, a great month being able to to meet people that and then talk to people that you don't always see. Sure, uh, for, for you know forefront in the hobby and and, and in the uh, sports industry. So this has been a great month. We've had some great people, and she was no exception to that rule. Um, yes. On all fronts and accounts. And I want to just uh, here, I want to mention how awesome is it that we were able to pull ladies with, or women, how, I don't want to be disrespectful, ladies, women, however you want to say it, these great people 
both Lisa and uh, Stephanie. Stephanie with 28 years of experience in the hobby, and you probably never heard of them. That's very possible. Right? That's and that's sounds, sad. It, that's, it is sad. That's sad on some point, but I'm so glad we were able to bring them to you. And then also Karen sandwiched in there in the middle uh, with fluff and stuff or fluff and clean and, and hot corner sports. Karen was, she was the absolute star of that show. She was. She's a lovely woman. She uh, clearly is on board with sports cards. Yes, and loves it and loves. Uh, just loves being around people, and uh, you could you could just feel that energy from her. I don't know if you guys could notice, could tell or not, but she was leading us down a couple roads that we probably shouldn't have been been going down. I almost got into trouble a couple times, uh, uh, ad libbing. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was able to refrain from said from said ad libbing. Uh, man, that was a fun interview. It was a fun thing to see, just celebrate this National Women's Month. Uh, we did miss one week, like the first week we we, we missed. We did. We but, did. Uh, I don't know. I I, th- I feel that we, we adequately made up for that with with the for three the ladies. Have, that absolutely, we had on. absolutely. So and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed it. And um, what do we got coming up for April? A lot of different stuff for April. But before we move on from National Women's Month, I do want to mention something that only you and I know about right now. Oh uh, yeah, it's a new T-shirt. Yep, yep. By our friends at the Jaywalk that is being designed specifically for the expo. So Canada, Canada, eh? also a company ran by a woman. There you go. Boom. See what we did there. I see what you did. So there. the design is, is, uh, it's not live, but we've seen it. Paul and I have approved it. Uh, basically this is going to be a very limited print shirt. And if you're coming to the expo and you come up, you come with a shirt, we'll hook you up. We've got something for you. Oh yeah. We're definitely getting some, we've got something for you. Yep. Indeed. So, uh, it, the the T-shirt will be available soon. I'm thinking probably by today is Friday the thirtieth. I'm I'm pretty sure it'll be live a little later today. So boom, it give you plenty of time to yeah. It's to a order. couple weeks, man. We are what, about a month away. Yeah, about a about month five away. weeks. Five yeah. weeks away from yeah. from Toronto, and uh, looking forward to it. So yeah, definitely get your shirt, wear it to the show. Um, you know, don't get your sh- you know get your shirt, take a picture of it yeah. with yourself doing something card yeah. related, and send it to us. Yeah, do something so, like that. If you can't make it to the show, so, so. It, this, I like this on many different levels because it works for Blue Jays fans and it works for Fat Packs fans. There you go. And it works for fans of the Jaywalk. And I'm a fan of the Jaywalk. I might be the only person in Texas with two Jaywalk hats, but I don't care. That's true. And you're becoming a Blue Jay fan. I am. You know, I'm a Blue Jay fan. I'm just gonna say it out out loud, out loud. Yeah, no. I'm a Blue Jay fan. You are. Just because of what they did to the Rangers three years ago or four years ago. That And that home run the other night was pretty special. Yeah. Yes. You, yes, en- you enjoyed that. So Opening day was yesterday. That it was, Blue man. Jays lost. But <laughs> the Blue Jays, that's another story. Um, Gene Carlos Stanton hit two home runs. Two home runs. Um, I think Matt Davidson hit three home Matt runs. Matt hit three. The thing about yeah. that was the White Sox own announcer got his name wrong that's awesome that's horrible that's awesome <laughs> it happens though i mean we're you know we're not nobody's perfect uh it's just worse when you're on live tv rather than right uh, podcast right and uh you know got his name edit. wrong yeah that's tough call him matt anderson i believe but in, in, but his, in defense, his defense tim, tim anderson's tim anderson, like yeah. right up a couple batters he also later, hit a so. home run so yeah yeah confused. There's, there's that he was excited he man. was excited they won like they won by they scored two touchdowns yesterday yeah they won by a touchdown yeah so it's 14 7 so, um, what a day, man. Yeah. How about the season starting off with Ian Happ? Dude. First pitch, gone. So, Matt and I went to Torchy Tacos, Torchy's Tacos yesterday. <laughs> yes, you did. And the game was starting as we were walking ah, okay, in, okay. into the door. Okay. 
And by the time we turned the corner to order our tacos, Ian Happ had already hit the first home run. Of the That's season. awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, he, he belted that. And then, uh, yeah, it was just a good day yesterday. Sure. Um, I can't think. It's escaping me. There's a couple other things I was George throw Springer out made there. MLB history. That's the one I was talking about, right? Yeah. 17 and 18. 17, first player in the MLB history to lead off the seasons, those respective seasons, with home runs. That's awesome. So, man, it was such a – it's fun. Baseball's back. I, I, I made mention earlier I was recording that Ichiro video. Yep. And uh, he, he grounded out, sadly. But uh, <laughs> it was cool to see. He got a standing ovation. Well, that, that, why not? Hey, you know who got a hit in their first at bat? Who's that? Otani. He did. He, he was one for, a single, right? He was one for one and then uh, finished the game one for five. He's pitching on Sunday. Yes. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes. So I'm glad he got that first hit out of the way. Fortunately, he still went. He went one for five, so he wasn't able to follow it up. But, well, yeah, but that's okay. He got the first one out of the way. I, I you know, it's going to be jitters, right, for the first month. It's got to so. be, man. Got to be. I mean, these guys are these guys throw the ball, and they're going to go after him too. Right. You know, they're not going to take it easy on him. Right. So they're going to they're going to go get him. So, um, yeah, man, a great day. Adam Jones had a had a walk off home run. Nick Markankis had a walk off home run for the Braves. Whew. It was uh, it was quite a day. Awesome. Uh, the Rangers lost too, so that was great. <laughs> they uh, they did. They almost uh, did. You see that? Did you see that awkward play in the beginning? Cole Hamels and yeah, Joey yeah, Gallo kind of like. I didn't see it. I was listening to it. Yeah, kind of yeah. run into each other. That was kind of awkward. All right. So uh, typically here in in the last the final segment of a show, we'll do whatevs, and uh, we are. It's what we're doing now. Yeah, we're doing a quick version and. Um, <laughs> you you you're killing me this week on Animal Kingdom. If you didn't check out, haven't heard Animal Kingdom stories, check out the one that we just posted yeah. yesterday, the and man. then check this thing out. This uh, I don't I don't I don't want any part of this. <laughs> Could I mean you're you're a military guy? Yeah, you've been in crazy situations. Uh-huh. Could you have done what this guy did? Not at all. Not, not at all. Okay. Not, in, not in the least bit. All right, there you go. I set you up. Tell your story. Could I have done this? Okay, so this is a story. About a man in Africa on a safari. <laughs> That's a good place to start yeah, for an a, animal kingdom story. A tour group traveling on an African safari got more up close to nature than expected when a cheetah decided to jump into their car and have a peek around. Britton <sighs> Hayes was taking a part in the Grand Rush, Rush, Ruha Safari through the Tanzania National Park with fellow travelers when a cheetah jumped on the hood of their land... Land Rover, and another cheetah jumped into the car's back seat. It was two of them? Two, according to Como News. No. We started to notice notice the cheetahs became curious of the vehicle, but it was too late to drive away or anything like that because you don't want to startle the animals because that's when things usually go wrong, Hayes told the publication, adding that though... Occurrences, though the occurrence wasn't anything but common, the travelers were thankfully prepared for the occasion. Wow! In the footage, which you got to go see the video. So wait, wait, okay. So they were prepared. They, so were they prepared. brought extra underwear with. Them. Yeah, clearly. That's okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Okay, making sure because I would have needed it. So you have to go see this video. This is insane. The, in the footage shared on the incident, the curious cheetah can be seen grabbing onto the passenger seat of the car and having a look around before getting comfortable in the vehicle's back seat. (laughs) Wow. The cheetah spent 10 minutes roaming around in the car before deciding to head back out to search for food and making for an adrenaline-pumped experience. Yeah. No joke, man. The Seattle Seattle local thanked... Oh, what's up, Seattle? 
the Seattle local thanked his tour guide for helping to keep him calm during the incident, mentioning that the guide told him to avoid making eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or any sudden movements. Yeah. <laughs> but he still filmed him, though. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. To establish a sense of trust while the animal was in the car. Basically, you got to trust this wild animal not to rip your throat out. <sighs> I felt like I had to clear my mind of any thoughts because for in- for everything you were told about predators like that, they can sense fear and any sort of discomfort you're feeling, and they really react accordingly. Wow. Hayes told Como News. Though the experience was one of the scariest moments in, this li- in his life, it was also exhilarating. I was scared to death, but I have never felt more alive, Hayes told the publication of The Encounter. Okay. That's usually what people say when they like skydive. Right. Not when they're just chilling, hanging out with a cheetah three and a half feet from them. Right. Wow. Um, we're going to have to post this video to go along. Yeah, that video. Yeah, you know, obviously being a podcast, we're, we're a little uh, hampered by the fact you can't watch the video, but you have to see the, uh, the video. The look of fear on this man's face. Yeah, but kudos to him yeah, for, for, for just... Hanging out and chilling and 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 doing what he needed to do to uh, yeah. So we can tell you the story exactly. in a happy way. Exactly. This was unbelievable, and I I tell you all the time that I want to go shark diving. I want to get in a shark cage and and dive with sharks. I want no part of a cheetah in the backseat of my car. No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Because one thing about it is we slow. Yeah, we ain't out running that thing <laughs> at all. We're just lunch at, the, at, at this part. We're at, at that point. We are on the menu. They were like, "Wow, I didn't know elephants drove." Exactly. That's what he's thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So kudos to that dude for surviving the whole thing. Um, yeah. Uh, there, I, I promise you. There's probably going to be nothing else in that man's life that's ever going to compare to that experience, uh, adrenaline-wise. No, there's nothing. There, that dude will be able to look death in the face right now and and just, yeah, just just spit in its eye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Unreal, man. That was a an extra special bonus show with Lisa Goldberg of the NBA. What a thrill it was to have her on. Um, I guess what I want to this is what I want what I want to say about National Women's Month and these shows that we've been doing is that you know ladies play important roles here. Oh yeah, you know ladies play important roles in the hobby and in the sports, and there's room for for all of us. So uh, in a male-driven society and culture, there's some pretty outstanding ladies out there. Absolutely, I and mean, this is one thing I guess that you know I didn't really even realize that till we got into. To, to trying to find people and to mm-hmm. see who's actually working in the hobby and yeah it's amazing like I almost want to find all right, who else is there yeah, you know who, who else yeah. is hidden behind doors that that no one ever knows about so exactly we will uh, tweet at us if you yeah. know somebody that's cool that we need to talk to tweet at us it yeah. doesn't have to be just this month we can uh, we can have them on whenever shout out to Susan at Tops who's been on the show before yes indeed yes critical indeed. crucial role in the hobby oh for sure you know. Just such great women all around us. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. All right. Um, we out. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, we can say it's happy good, Easter. It's good Friday. It's good Friday. Happy Easter. Good Friday. Do you think when Jesus was on the cross, he was like, thank Dad, it's Friday? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if he said that or not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so happy Easter. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, hope you guys have a blessed one. Thanks for hanging out on this bonus episode. Until next time, just keep listening. Cue the Jericho. Control, I explode and break bones. Son of none crossing enemy zones. The headphones are pushing forward to. 
Mission control, it's stories to be told Code, decode these remotes Broke down but this behold The illness from CO Deep through the keyhole To see this one light Leaders lurking in the darkness Won't leave living tonight Punchline for this fight We cause they heads ain't fed right How can you see my brother With no perspective of sight Can't do good and live right Kick snares and hi-hats They be the get right Here they give the blind sight What? Me and my people just might tonight All right? Me and my people just